0: Welcome to the Mind Vine podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here, we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey.
1: Well, welcome to the Mind, Mind Podcast. Uh, my name is Daryl Mathers, and I'm uh, solo today. I usually have a co-host, Chris oh, Bovey, okay. but it's just me mm-hmm. and, my, and my esteemed guest. And I have with me Allison Hector Alexander. Uh, I'm going to read your title yes. because it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's long. <a> long one. <laughs> the director of the Office of Student Diversity, Inclusions, and Transitions at Durham College, mm-hmm. and you've done a, a host of other work. Um, you know. In, in women's shelters Mm -hmm. and different uh, marginalized populations Mm -hmm. in your career, but you just spoke uh, at Ontario Shores at Mm -hmm. our Grand Rounds, uh, which you can catch uh, on the Ontario Telemedicine Network as well, about building inclusive Mm -hmm. spaces. So first of all, welcome. Thank you. And uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what you brought to Ontario Shores today.
0: Uh, so, thank you for having me and, and, and for the invitation, this is, uh, this is I'm, I'm always looking for opportunities to get into the community and have these conversations and look at how we can, you know, create synergies between our institutions, so uh, very happy to be here. Um, and so this morning we talked a little bit about how do we actually build inclusive spaces, but we framed it within, you know, the context of self and, and in terms of what is our role and our responsibility in trying to create an inclusive space, and when we're talking about inclusion we're also talking about you know what it what is a safe space for us in that you know when you walk in into a space uh, how do you feel um, do you feel welcome do you feel that you belong um, and also recognizing that as you know service providers or as you know people in, in roles of helping uh, or supporting how do we actually recognize uh, any biases that we have or any privilege that we enjoy and how does that impact how we support. So in a nutshell, it is, you know, a self. You know, how, what do we see? How, how powerful is language? Um, and how does that um, uh, connect us with the people that we're supporting? Well,
1: one of the uh, one of your slides was uh, titled Social Location. Mm-hmm. You talked a, a little bit about that. And my, my interpretation of a social location is all the elements that make us, mm-hmm. you know, the unique beings that we are. Yes. And being able to be all those Mm -hmm. um, different pieces Mm -hmm. uh, in the workplace or in the community, Mm -hmm. um, being, uh, being, feeling safe enough, I guess, I guess to do that. And I mean, uh, somebody who's been in the workplace for a number of years, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a big shift Mm -hmm. because we are typically, we have our personal private lives. A lot of us, uh, a lot of people work hard to kind of keep away, keep those two separate. And that's maybe not um, maybe the, Yeah, that's the way... um that environment was Mm -hmm. or is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how do we kind of navigate that, like those two, all those different pieces of our lives?
0: Absolutely. Um, And historically, as you said, you know, it was, you know, and you are the employee, and so the role that you assume when you're walking through the doors is that of an employee, and this is what we do. Um, You know what your duties are, and you come and you do it, and you don't, you separate it. Um, But I think navigating it is recognizing that um, we are complex, we are layered. And so when we we identify uh, our social location we're looking at the multiple identities that we assume and when I say identities it could be um, you know your race or your gender gender expression sexual orientation your family status it could just be a lived experience but in being able to separate that is a very tricky and difficult and challenging thing in the workplace because it's difficult to say, well, you know, bring the employee out today um, and not bring out, you know, um, you being a mom or, or, or a dad or, um, you know, or somebody who's, who's going through a transition who identifies as a trans person. And so how do you make that separation? And, and how do now institutions create a space that somebody feels that, okay, you know what, the intersectionalities and the complexities that I have I can actually, I'm okay and and feel comfortable and safe to be who I am at at work. Um, And so I think there is a responsibility if we are going to say that we're talking about, you know, inclusion as an institution or human rights or equity or diversity. Diversity is who we are. It is those makeup. It is the identity. So if you're saying that, you know, you recognize and you accept a diverse group of people, it's difficult to, separate those areas of the of, of diversity like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and so if, if you're saying hey we have a diverse population then you also have to anticipate the needs of that diverse population to be who they are um in the space that they're 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 acquiring when they here
1: and it only makes too much sense to think that the more comfortable you are mm-hmm. and the more pieces of your um of your social location yes. you can bring to work the more productive, absolutely. You're going to be absolutely,
0: at work. absolutely. And and you know I think you know like I I remember working in spaces that you know people were told well you know don't put up any pictures of your of your children or don't do um, and then you walk into spaces now where and across our campus and people have you know pictures of whether it be their partners or their children or their puppies or their community what is important to them and and they're happy because then you're building these relationships with your colleague you're building these like really great partnerships. Because you, you have, you might have something in common, or you're sharing about, you know, um, your puppy, and then and people feel like, oh, I can tell, I feel safe. I can tell you about me, um, and there may be some synergies there that can happen uh, for us to have partnerships. So, you know, as you said, definitely more productivity when people feel that they can bring, they belong, right? If mm-hmm. if I walk in and I'm like, well, I can kind of talk about, you know, the work that I do, but I shouldn't say that I have, you know to to precious little ones at home, like you know, so for me not to feel comfortable having that conversation, it's like, oh, so I guess I, you know, it, it's 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 not it's not it doesn't make you whole. Yeah, you're right? not going to get the best of person. You're not that whole, person. exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: One, uh, we all, uh, in the media mm-hmm. or in society, we the term white privilege very mm-hmm. very you know, mm-hmm. frequent, very common. Yes. Um, but you use the term power and privilege. Mm-hmm. And you gave a couple examples mm-hmm. of how. We have power and privilege and may not even realize it, regardless of what maybe mm-hmm. population we represent.
0: Yes, yes, um, and so yes, it, it, we hear white privilege. We hear that you know, unpacking the you know the privilege you know knapsack, um, but there are other areas. And so, if we connect it back to our social location and we connect it back to those identities that we have, we do enjoy privilege and power. So it's interesting because when I do say to students, "You have power," and like, me, I'm a struggling student, I don't have any power. It's like yes, there is power that you enjoy because of your identity, because of your social location. So it's not, you know, power only connected to race. There is power and privilege that is connected to, you know, to gender or to, you know, family status. Because um, how we sometimes see our social parents, usually women um, uh, who are single moms, um, how they may be treated if they come on the bus with a stroller, you know, um, as opposed to, you know, a family where you have the traditional, you know, mom and dad and and little one, um, you know, versus, you know same sex um uh, family well, with with children and so there's different pr- uh, privilege that we enjoy by the mere fact that we occupy different identities right mm-hmm. um someone who doesn't you know who has you know who has a religious um uh, not necessarily religious background, but who, who practices religion, but might not necessarily not wear the hijab or who doesn't identify as Muslim. Given everything that is going on in the world right now, you know, there's privilege that I enjoy as opposed to a, a female student who wears the hijab and mm-hmm. is ridiculed on the bus or is ridiculed, you know, on the street because or is called or is pretty much referred to as a terrorist because they wear the hijab, mm-hmm. right? And so it is those areas that we don't usually talk about, and we do. There's a lot of focus on white privilege, but there are other areas that we enjoy privilege. Um, ability, right, for someone, again, as I mentioned in my, you know, as an example, as an able-bodied person, presently, you know, I pick up and I, you know, say, okay, I'm going to go do this. Uh, for someone who's using a mobility device, um, if the snow isn't shoveled, you know, on the curb, then they cannot get here or get to class. But I, I grab my bag and I jump in my car and I go. Right. And so we don't always pay, pay attention to this and how that actually impacts um, how we support or how we interact with each other. Right. For someone who's employed, we enjoy privilege as opposed to someone who's an unemployed or in receipt of, you know, income security yeah. supports. Yeah. Right. And so we don't always talk about it. But these are things I think that it is really important that we have an awareness of those things um, because then it, 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 it sort of it dictates how we respond Right because we we respond from our own personal perspective and our own personal experience, right. so when we when we don't check that, then we know that there will be gaps in how we're supporting
1: there was uh, mm-hmm. several things that you said today that really stuck with me, but at the beginning when you kind of introduced mm-hmm. uh, power and privilege, you said that uh, this is by no means intended to make anybody feel guilty, mm-hmm. and uh, I think inherently we do feel guilty yes. um, because we've uh, we kind of fall into whether we like it or not mm-hmm. i think we kind of fall into those mechanics of oppression mm-hmm. that you kind of laid out yes. in the slide mm-hmm. that were, were kind of the products of the information that we were given. And sometimes the information that we were given mm-hmm. was the best information they had in the that's, that's what they
0: knew, right? That's <laughs> yeah. what they knew, and they taught us what they knew. Uh, and as, what, as I said, well, that's what they were taught. And before them, that was, you know, their, their parents' parents knew, right? And so really, they, they do their best in what they think that we need to know in terms of maybe trying to protect us. But that is why, you know, as we mature and we get older we, or we start to critically look at the world, we have a responsibility to unlearn Right, like, okay, where where did that come from? Where did I hear that about this group of people? And then here I am sitting with you know somebody that I thought that all of these people were this person's not like that. So that quickly debunks, Mm -hmm. right? Some of those stereotypes. And so it is, you know, I keep saying to people, there's that responsibility to think of, why do I know this? And where did this come from? And I need this, this needs to get out of my, right? Um, And how that unlearning happens is important.
1: When even the uh, admitting that we don't know. Yes. Yes. and, And seeking out, uh, expert matters mm-hmm. or subject matter experts mm-hmm. right so we would we would do that in science mm-hmm. we do that in, in a host of other areas of yes. our lives we would look f- you know we go to a mechanic mm-hmm. to bring our car we have somebody yes. uh who represents maybe a different population mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily go up to them and say tell me more yes. about you know what yes. it's like to be yep. to be a muslim man or a muslim woman, mm-hmm. or a black woman mm-hmm. or whatever you may yeah. be we do the opposite. Yes. And I mean, I think that's changing, mm-hmm. but um, kind of need to take like a, an approach like we're going to, we're going to go after this. We're going to be yes. aggressive for lack yes. of a better term. Yeah, and
0: have the, and you know, and and sometimes the conversation starting it, is, can be a little uncomfortable. And as I mentioned, uncomfortable is not a bad thing. Mm. Um, but it is, you know, the majority of people that you would approach and ask about their lived experiences are happy to sit and have a conversation and share that with you. They're not, you know, if, if it is done in a respectful way in that I'm coming from a place that I don't know. And I would love to learn about, you know, what, you know, what are you eating today? Why are you dressed this way? Do you, what are you celebrating today. Oh, you know, like it's 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 such a, a learning because then you're getting authentic learning from someone who's actually living mm-hmm. Right, that experience, and so you know why not ask? Why not? And, and and that place where I think we've been we've been somewhat you know set up within our our um, our systems to to know everything, right? To know you need to know this, and it's like mm, if, if I don't know, it's okay. Now that I know that I don't know this, then I can go mm. and 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 do the research, and I can have the conversation so that I can learn. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I think it's almost where it's sort of been like you know you you should not not know. You you need to know kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a pressure like you know that now we know and then you in, in trying to 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 feel that we know we make assumptions yep. right? yeah right and so it is you know having those conversations instead of so just going back to the the you know when you mentioned the guilt piece you know it is really important that people recognize that that you know when we're having these conversations it's not about guilt you know it's not and i know it's easier said than done but really if you look at it you know the student who comes to me and says you know i haven't had a meal um I, I will feel because I think, oh, my God, I just had this massive lunch. Like, I'm, you know, I'm very full right now. And what can I do to help you? And I be, might be able to do um, to help them in the immediate and put some things in place. But I will still feel that. But recognizing that it wasn't really in my power because if I didn't know, if I, you know, if, if there aren't, um, you know, the extensive support that I can I can connect them with it with it. But that doesn't mean that I could maybe make their their money gram you know, order come on time or these other pieces or, you know, being an able bodied person, I cannot take some of that ability and give it, but I can recognize it. So, you know, so this is where we sort of have to almost like, you know, separate it and, and, and unpack you know, what, where that guilt is coming from, right? Because I cannot say, okay, well, I'm going to give you some of my, you know, mobility so that you don't need to be, you know, in a, in, in a device, but we cannot do that. But I can recognize that if I have something um, and we're on the second floor, I can make sure that all the elevators are working. I can make sure, you know what I mean, like our accessible doors are all working um, so that this person comes through with, you know, with respect so that it, there's no, you know, opportunity where they feel, you know, dignity taken away from them because they can't get up the hill because of the snow and all the other pieces. So it is where, you know, check that guilt because it's not it's not something we can take and share, right? But it's something that we can acknowledge that we have.
1: And it's not necessarily knowing or not knowing. Mm-hmm. It's reacting, right? It's a, your example yes. of the um somebody not being able to get to work because of the snow, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it'd be great to have foresight in that. In yes. that but sometimes we don't learn unless don't, we're yes, in that position. Exactly. So it's not so much, exactly. it's not so much knowing exactly. that, it's, it's, yeah. how, you react and it's how, how you
0: react. And so here I am irritated why didn't that person come like we needed to get this thing done and they're not here and i go back and i get the message and i'm thinking oh my god right i didn't even think i didn't even think that maybe we should move it to our main building where it was you know way more accessible earlier in the morning than in you know, in another building and so for me i take that as my learning yeah. right like, this is my learning okay next time i do better i know better now i do better
1: one of, the other, one of the things you touched on too is language and uh, and how even in today's kind of, oh, even politically correct language mm-hmm. can, can be a barrier. And uh, I think about, you know, um, in my personal experience and growing up in a non diverse mm-hmm. community and uh, just some of the offensive uh, slurs that mm-hmm. were used in common language, mm-hmm. and, that, and mm-hmm. it's changed. You know, so much so when you hear some of these terms now, you're like, whoa, people, you know, people still (laughs) say that. But, Mm -hmm. um, there's the, there is still a barrier that's being created by the language yes. we choose to use. Yes, is yes,
0: absolutely. Um, and it is, you know, some of the language is not even so much what we were exposed to necessarily, you know, growing up. Some of the language is new language. now that has been, that has, it's part of, you know, of, um, you know, music culture part of, um, it just, you know, the language that's being used say maybe online in online communities, that sort of thing. And so it is, again, you know, helping people recognize that power of language and, you know, what I and again, my reference, I go back to students where I say, why is it okay for you to be referred to as this? Are you okay with that? Well, you know, the person is my friend and, you know, there's, they're not coming from a bad place. And I said, yes, but it's, it's the term. I said, so now when this person refers to you, is it okay now that somebody else know well, that person cannot refer to me because they're not my friend? You know, and I say, okay, so let's put it into context and have more of a conversation about that. And again, just sort of getting them to start to, to, to move beyond the actual the use of the words, but also the impact that it can have on them, but for somebody else as well, mm-hmm. right? And so it's looking at that, that power of language, because in as much as you know, we try to keep up in, in terms of what is politically correct, many times it's not even just about being politically correct, it is about being inclusive, Right. And mm-hmm. so if, some, if I'm saying to someone, OK, so if you're referring to me, you know, as a black woman, I would prefer a capital B because it represents a people and how they identify. And you insist on using, you know, small b, you know, there, there are some there are some conversation we need to have around the education piece mm-hmm. of
1: it. And when you yeah. said that uh, mm-hmm. uh, example in the presentation, mm-hmm. you talked about how, um, you know, it's not grammatically correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. but. The language has been changing since, yes. you know, it's been evolving mm-hmm. every year yes, since the you know, beginning it is. of time. And sometimes we use some of these, um, uh, these models have mm-hmm. been in place for years mm-hmm. as a crutch for, you know, for our language mm-hmm. or our behavior. That's mm-hmm. just the way it's always been. Yes. But that can't, in today's yes. world, that, that can't yes. be... In, that attitude is, yeah. is not going to get yeah. you very
0: far. Well, that's the thing. That's like saying, like, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, when someone telling me, well, it is what it is, that's how it is. And so that's where I'm like, okay, but how do we have a responsibility here to maybe effect some systemic change? Like, how, well, I don't have any power. Okay, well, you know, is there, do you have allies maybe? Do you have, you know, partners or colleagues who would support you to say okay we need to change this or maybe this requires some looking into or some having some conversation about you know instead of looking at those pieces and sort of thinking okay what what works here? and does this work for everybody right mm-hmm. not necessarily if it works for me yes but does it work for everybody in terms of how they feel right when you're here so that that is really important to look at when we're having those conversations because you know it isn't always it is what it is right yeah. because then we stop and we give up and we don't effect any change and we don't you know when someone says you know this is the, the pronoun that I that I you know refer to myself or this is my lived experience it might not come naturally to me because it's not grammatically correct but I will make the effort. Mm-hmm. you know so I had a student and one of my first experiences with you know um, uh, pronouns was that they said you know this is this is and, and I thought oh that's gonna be a little bit and I and I recognize with them that this I will mess up sometimes <laughs> recognize that but it's not going to come from a bad place, and I'm going to make the effort, right? So it didn't, it didn't automatically come to me to say they and there and them, but I tried. And yeah. I put the effort in. And so there were a couple of times where I'm like, I'm sorry, because the presented, maybe one day presented um, maybe more female, and then the next day maybe presented more male. And so for me, my, my, my mind almost had to, you know, catch up, but I know it was important for them because that was their lived reality. And so I had to make the effort.
1: And your own personal right? growth, right? Because Absolutely. Because we are going to stumble. And oh, it's, sure. like, it's like anything. It's yes. like when you're going to school and you're yes. learning a new subject. You're not an, you're not an expert. You're
0: not. you're not. And that is a self-awareness piece, right? Because the self-awareness piece doesn't say that we're going to get it on the first goal. Mm. We're not getting it on the first goal or the second goal. Maybe you know, we're going to mess up sometimes. But if we have the awareness that this is how I feel about something, as I said, their biases and we all have these biases, but if we recognize we have them and we know how they influence how we react or how we communicate or how we, you know, support, you know, our clients and our, our customers, um, then we're already aware that they might have a role to play or be an influence. So how Right? How do we check that? So, this isn't to say that, oh my God, like you don't, you're good and you don't have these biases. No, we all have it. But it is the awareness piece of checking it, right? Because we probably wouldn't get it right the first time or the second time, yeah. but we can work towards it, right? It's the effort.
1: And I think yeah. like Ontario Shores is one of many organizations. We're on a human rights journey. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason we had you here today, yes. to kind of have conversations about the themes that mm-hmm. relate mm-hmm. to human rights. And uh, as we've gone through this, when the one thing that's kind of been clear to me is this is not about Ontario Shores mm-hmm. as an organization mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any organization mm-hmm. trying to make change mm-hmm. or be a, a human rights uh, friendly right. organization. It's really about individuals. Yes. They're, they're the ones that yes. are going to make the change.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely absolutely and 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 again, as you said you know uh, when you when you are looking at change or you're looking at any shifts that happen, whether in in service provision or how we interact with each other how we sort of recognize each other, it comes from the people you know it comes from the people who are looking for um, that inclusion to happen who are looking at or, or, you know I wish you know they would celebrate this who are looking for like you know what I mean mm-hmm. because you know people want to to bring what they live, you know, with them to work and be recognized and have those celebrations. And, and one of the things that I've learned from our students is that celebration is really important. I have seen our international students go from, you know, uh, just being very, again, being in groups with each other and so on. And when it comes to, like, celebrating, like, you know, holy or something else, um, they come out of their shells. Like, they're celebrating and they celebrate, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, these things are important. So it comes from the people, um, you know, where, you know, what... It's like having these conversations so that you can kind of take it back around. So what does, that, what does that inclusion piece mean to you? What does that look like in your space, in your little office group, in your you know, bigger program areas or anything like that? What does that inclusion look like specific to your area?
1: Well, you've given us lots to (laughs) lots to think about. I think, like I said earlier, I think it's a perfect fit for what we're going through as an organization, and what I'm sure organizations all Mm -hmm. over the place are going through is um, in in tackling human rights is uh, it's it's not a, it's not a buzzword yeah. it's about how yes. we treat each other and, and that kind of curious respect that we have mm-hmm. so thank you very much for for the conversation and uh, for joining us on the my
0: podcast. pleasure my pleasure And just remembering to that you know it is a process right we don't kind of get it right on that first try you know it is like you know let's see what works and let's go back to your drawing board and okay this works okay this is good and how to be applied sort of thing but it was my absolute pleasure being here with you and thank you for inviting me
1: thanks for the advice yeah
0: good. good stuff <laughs>